Welcome to the King's Cast, dynamic teaching recorded live at King's Church in Cambridge, England. We hope you are blessed and challenged by listening to the ministry today. And now, here's the broadcast. Turn in your Bibles with me, if you would, to Mark chapter 15. Mark chapter 15. I'm going to be reading from NIV today. I'm going to try and be as quick as I can. And then we're going to come around the table and just do communion as we conclude today. As we come around the word of God. Mark chapter 15 and verse 1. It says this, very early in the morning, the chief priests with the elders, the teachers of the law, and the whole Sanhedrin made their plans. Say, made their plans. So they bound Jesus, led him away, and handed him over to Pilate. Verse 2, are you the king of the Jews? asked Pilate. You have said so, Jesus replied. The chief priests accused him of many things. So again, Pilate asked him, aren't you going to answer See how many things they are accusing you of. But Jesus still made no reply. And Pilate was amazed. Now it was the custom at the festival to release a prisoner whom the people requested. A man called Barabbas was in prison with the insurrectionists who had committed murder in the uprising. The crowd came up and asked Pilate to do for them what he usually did. Do you want me to release to you the king of the Jews, asked Pilate, knowing it was out of his self-interest that the chief priest handed Jesus over to him. But the chief priest stirred up the crowd to have Pilate release Barabbas instead. What shall I do then with the one you call the king of the Jews, Pilate asked them. Crucify him, they shouted. Why? What crime has he committed, asked Pilate. But they shouted... All the louder, crucify him, wanting to satisfy the crowd. Pilate released Barabbas to them, and he had Jesus flogged and handed him over to be crucified. Amen. Father, speak into our hearts today, I pray. In Jesus' name. Mark chapter 15 verse 1 says this, The chief priests with the elders, the teachers of the law, and the Sanhedrin made their plans against Jesus. Do you know one of the one of the greatest things that I hear when people come to me and they talk to me is that I want to know God's plan for my life. I just want to walk in his plan. I want to walk in his will. Is that probably that's the desire for you and for me. We want to make sure we walk in the will of God. But I, I want to tell you something that there is a plan and we all know Jeremiah 29:11 says for I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you. And, and, and all that, and you've got it on your fridge. But, but, but some of you sometimes forget the fact that the enemy also has a plan. There are two plans for your life. John 10.10 10 says that the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus comes to give us life abundantly. But I want to tell you today that sometimes in your life, you feel like you're on a good Friday. You feel like you're in a season where actually victory isn't belonging to you. And it feels like that everything is all falling out uh, apart around you. And actually the reality becomes that you feel like that you're under the plans sometimes of the enemy and you're out of the plan of God. But I want to tell you something that when they made their plans against Jesus, Jesus was making a way. 
it doesn't matter whether they made their plans. It says everything they did to him. And if you were to look at this story, you would think that, that all the plan of God has got to switch to plan B. Because this is not supposed to be happening. And I want to say to you today that some of you right now are going through situations in your life where you feel like that God probably needs to switch to plan B. But I want to tell you that while ever you serve him and you put him first in your life, that whether it feels like a good Friday and it feels like the plan B is taking place, it's plan A all along. Because when, when the enemy makes plans against you, he's making a way for you. Jesus was never disturbed by what was happening. They were strategically putting these plans together. The devil, and he's real, has a plan to get you. To make your life a misery. To tell you that you're on Good Friday and there's no hope for Sunday. How many of you know Sunday's coming? Sunday is coming. And sometimes what we got to realize is when we serve God, is that we're underneath the plan of God. While ever we make him center of our lives, no matter what the plan looks like, we're on plan A. He's making a way. 2 Corinthians 2, 11, Paul says this, that we're not unaware of the devil's schemes. When you serve God, you're not unaware. Sometimes I get worried about people who are scared of what the devil's up to. They're scared of, oh, I don't know what he's up to. He's got some plans, some schemes. When you're a child of God, when you're children of the light, why do you worry about the darkness? Why do you worry about the plans of the enemy when he's making a way? All you got to do is walk through it and keep your mouth closed. All you got to do is keep your mouth closed. Because I'll tell you what the enemy wants. He wants a reaction. He wants you to change your actions. Hallelujah. We're not unaware of his schemes. I want to tell you the more and more I get closer to God. The more and more I seek after God, the more and more I don't worry about the plans of the enemy. I don't worry about what he's up to. He can make all his plans he wants. Because I serve a God who is the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning, the end. He's in control. Hallelujah. I put here that God makes the greatest victories out of the devil's greatest strategies. Do you know that? I've got good news for you today. The best of the devil's strategies are a platform for God's victories. You see what he does is the devil comes with his strategies. He comes with the cross. He comes with the flogging. He comes with the crown of thorns. He comes with all these things against Jesus. But the reality is this. That every single one of his plans was a platform to save you. Hallelujah. To save you. I've got good news for Good Friday. It's still plan A. God's plan is still in action. No matter what it feels like. No matter what's dead around you. 
no matter what looks bad around you, God's plan is still plan A. It's not changed. The only way it changes is when you walk away from it. You become distracted by the enemy's plans. Hallelujah. Do you know when I was younger, I used to, some of you may not remember this and whether you watch this in your country, but I used to watch a TV program called The A-Team. You remember it? I love The A-Team. B.A. Baracus. Some of you, the younger ones, the students looking at me thinking, who's this? Check it out on YouTube. You'll love it. And I used to, do you know my favorite character? Face. Oh, no, it wasn't him. It was Hannibal. Do you know why? I used to love it because these guys, they get into sticky situations. They'd have problems. And he always used to say this one line. He said this. I love it when a plan comes together. Come on, Hannibal. I love it when a plan comes together. You see, when the cross was taking place, when the enemy were putting their plans together, when they were doing all these things to get rid of Jesus, when they were doing all these things to release Barabbas, when they were doing all these things and they had a scheme and a plan and they put it all together, we'll get him. Do you know what God was saying? I love it when a plan comes together. Come on. Why? Because we're in the A-team, people. We're in plan A. We're in plan A. When God sees these things, he didn't say, oh, what's happening? He said, I love it. When my plan comes together. Why? Because we know Romans 8.28 says this. We know that all things work together for good. To them that love God. To them who are called according to his purpose. Hallelujah. You see whatever's going on around you right now. Whatever's happening. Whatever's shaking in your life. Do you know I, I just felt that God speak to me the other day. I, I kept saying to myself sometimes that things are happening around me are destroying me. And then the Lord spoke to me and said stop saying things are destroying you. Nothing's destroyed you. It's just shook you. Some of us got to watch our language. I realized I was saying I'm, I'm being destroyed. No I'm not being destroyed. I'm being shook. There's a difference. And we've got to be ready to be shaken. I've said it before. If you go into certain countries, they build houses that are flexible to withstand earthquakes. Some of us need to build our lives on a solid foundation and something flexible to take the shaking. But you will not be destroyed. All things work together. The plan Works together for those that love God. They called according to what? His purpose. That's his plan. Hallelujah. I love it when a plan comes together. And I want to tell you today, God has a plan for your life. And it ain't changed. No, what, no matter what sickness you're facing. No matter what difficulty you're facing, no matter what challenges you're facing in your lives, relationships, finances, whatever you are facing right now, this Good Friday, I've got good news for you. The plan has not changed. 
just a shaking. It's just a shaking. Hallelujah. I want to ask you today though, what plan are you on? What plan are you on? You know, my, my kids, I was away on holiday recently. And when I take them, I took them to a caravan. And all of a sudden you realize that they lost Wi-Fi. You better make sure you got a good mobile phone contract with lots of data. Because I was in the middle of nowhere on a farm with no Wi-Fi. And my kids like Wi-Fi. And so we went to this place. And, I, and I've got this package that, thank, thanks be to God, that one of my friends worked in a mobile phone company years ago. So I got a lot of data I get every month. And so I get this data. And the way I work it is that my kids, they don't have much data at all. So I do this thing where I gift them data. So they have to come to me for the data. It's really good. It's just a power trip for me. You know, this begging for data. It's, it's amazing what you can do. Bargaining tool. I'll give you some data at the end of the day, son. And so I've got lots of data. I'm, I say it. I, I haven't got much in life, but I'm data rich. And they kept coming to me and they said, Dad, I've, I've run out of data. Can I have some data? And so I'd gift them the data. Why? Because I paid the contract. I paid the contract to have the amount of data I have in order to release and gift that data to them. It's the plan I'm on. And I want to tell you, 2,000 years ago, on Good Friday, Jesus Christ signed the contract. That's what he did. He didn't just sign it with a pen. He signed it with his blood. He signed it with his blood in order that he could what? Gift you life. Because your contract, your plan isn't good enough. You can't rely on your own plan. So what do you have to do? You come to him. You come to the one who signed the contract, who has the power and authority, who signed it with his own blood. And let me tell you, his love, his life is limitless. It's an unlimited plan. Hallelujah. You got there. Praise God. I want to tell you today, some of you right now, you're trying to rely on your own plan. But your own plan is substandard. Your own plan does not have what God's plan has. He says, come to me. Oh, you are weak and heavy laden. I will give you rest. Hallelujah. He prayed the premium price plan. The premium one. To gift you life. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You know, Barabbas was given a gift that day. You imagine, I sometimes picture from another angle. You imagine Barabbas just there. He's, the, he's got a plan. There's a scheme on his life. A plan is, he's with the murderers. There's a plan against him that he needs to die. He's a murderer. So he has no hope. He has no future. And I want to tell you today that some of you in this room need to remind yourself today that you are Barabbas. You are the one that's in the cell. You are the one that gets a knock on the cell door when you got saved. And he's knocking again today. 
to tell you it's time to come out because you can be free. Barabbas received that change of plan for his life that day. Hallelujah. I've got a few things I want to bring today. Number one is this, that Jesus in the plan against him was bound so that you could be free. The first thing it says, that it says when they made their plans, it says they bound him, Mark 15 verse 1. They bound him. Jesus, let me tell you, was bound so that you could be free. You could be free from fear, brokenness. You could be free from addiction. You could be free from sin. Some of you right now are struggling still. You're saying, I'm coming here and I'm remembering Jesus, but I'm struggling with fear. I'm struggling with anxiety. I'm struggling with depression. I'm struggling with illnesses. Let me tell you today that what he did, he bound himself. He had himself bound. All he ever had to do was say, no, I'm not the son of God. And they'd have released him. No, I'm not who they say I am. Oh, it's okay, then you can go. But he stuck to what he said. Why? To keep himself bound so that you could go free. Some of you right now are struggling. Some of you right now are struggling because things have took hold of you. You come into church. You worship, but actually you can't really raise your hands. You can't really, and if you do, you know what they're doing outside of here. They're bound. Bound by sin. And I want to tell you today. God wants to set you free. By his blood, set you free. Galatians 5 verse 1, it says this. It is for freedom. Freedom, get that. Christ has set us free. Stand firm therefore. And do do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. Some of you right now need to give your hands to the Lord and say, God set me free. Set me free from this fear. Set me free from this brokenness. Set me free from this habitual sin that I keep doing. Set me free from this stuff that is not of you. The power of the cross still stands today. The power of the cross still resonates through today to you. Some of you may not even know Jesus. You may be here today saying, I've never heard this before. I want to tell you that you need him. You need a savior. Because the things of this world will take you away and lead you to a Christless eternity. But you need him. You need Jesus. The name of Jesus makes the darkness tremble. Do you know what I love is in Acts chapter 16, Paul and Silas... When they're in a moment of trouble, they are bound. But it's it's the resurrection, the awareness of the resurrection that brings a release on their restriction. Because they realize that they serve a God who sent his son to die for them so that they could be free. So what do they do when they're in their bound state? They sing hymns, they praise, they lift up the name of Jesus. No other name, his name, 
And when they do, what happens? An earthquake comes, the whole place trembles, and they are released. I want to tell you, Jesus did not die on the cross for you to be bound still today. He didn't die on the cross for you to keep doing the things you're doing today. He did it to set you free. To set you free. Right now, just across this room, just close your eyes, bow your heads. There are people right now, I felt the Lord say this, people here today, we sung it earlier about victory. You're trying to get victory over habitual sins, stuff. I want you to raise your hands right now. If you're struggling right now with sin in your life, raise your hands right now. No one can see. Raise your hands right now. Thank you. Don't be worried. Listen, be free today. In Jesus' name the power of the blood of Jesus I break chains of addiction come on there's more in here there's people need to raise their hands right now in faith receive be free today let good friday be a good friday for you hallelujah lord i pray right now for people who are restricted bound Break chains right now. In faith, they lift their hands. Break chains. Chains of addiction. Chains of habitual sin. Chains. Chains be broken right now. Spirit of God, move. Move upon your people. Hallelujah. Amen. Number two is this. Jesus was, not only was bound, but he was led away. So that we can draw near. He says he was led away. He was led away and he was handed over to Pilate. He was handed over to an authority. Do you know why? So that you could come near to him. He was, you know, when, when Barabbas was in his cell, he was a lonely man. He must have felt great that day when he got a knock on his cell door and said, You can come out, you can go back to your friends. You can go back to the people. You can come out of solitary confinement. You can come out of loneliness. You can come out of this place. You can come out of that place and you can be with your friends again. Do you know why Jesus died? He was led away. He was led away so you could be drawn near to him. The whole point is reconciliation back to the Father through his blood. I want to tell you today that some of you right now are feeling distant from God. You feel distant from him. But the law wants to draw you near again to him. And you only come near through his blood. You only come near through the precious blood of Jesus that cleanses us, that washes us, forgives us. Some of us today, we feel like actually we're away from God, distant from him. Our time with him is not spent close to him. I want to tell you, the Father loves you today. The Father loves you. Some of us today, one of the best things we can do is actually go home and actually get on our knees again. Get in that quiet place with the Lord. So, Father, I realize you sent your son to pay a price to bring me near. I don't want to hide away anymore. Do you know when you hide away, You feel worse. But when you come near, you come near, you boldly 
before the throne of grace. Let me tell you today, Satan wants to tell you the plan against your life, where you've been heading, is making you more and more distant from him. I've got good news. He wants to draw you near today. Draw you back to him. Satan's plan is to keep some people in prisons of isolation, depression, fear and anxiety. You might not be Barabbas in a prison for being a murderer. But you can be in a prison of isolation because of depression, fear, worry. It's time to come out. It's time to come out. Barabbas had that knock on the cell door. And Jesus in Revelation 3 verse 20 says, Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. The only reason that Jesus has the ability and the authority to invite you to spend time with him is because he was led away first. Barabbas and us, we're the ones who should be led away. But I want to tell you today, you can come near. He knocks on the door of your cell. He knocks. He says, here I am. Because I paid the price 2,000 years ago to knock on your cell door to invite you in. To come back. Hallelujah. Number three is this. Jesus was accused so that we could be acquitted. He was accused so that you and me could be acquitted. He says the chief priest in verse 3 accused him of many things. I don't know about you today, but some of you right now feel like you're accused of stuff. You feel like the enemy has accused you of things. People around you accuse you of many things. You feel like that you need to defend yourself. But let me tell you something. You don't have to defend yourself when victory belongs to Jesus. Do you know what I love about Jesus? And I find it amazing is that it fulfilled the scriptures of Isaiah 53. That every time everything ever happened to him, he kept his mouth closed. Do you know one of the biggest things? It's not whether people can punch someone. It's not whether someone can hurt someone or murder them. It's that they can keep this close. If there's anything you ever want to learn from Jesus, it's the fact that he can keep his mouth closed. When he is being offended, when he is being accused. I don't know if, if you think about it like I do, but... If Jesus is there and he sees there's murderers and he hears the people shouting, crucify him. And he hears all these things and there he is accused of many things. Not one of them he did. Imagine. Some of you right now feel like that. You're accused of stuff. I want to tell you, it's time to keep your mouth closed. He was accused of many things. Do you know what? We should be accused of the sin in our life. But his blood has paid the price for that. Revelation 12.10 says that Satan accuses you and me day and night. Day and night, the accuser of the brethren, it says, he accuses you day and night. 
That person is, they've done this today. They said that today. They opened their mouth to that person today. They did this wrong. Do you know what? You wouldn't stand a chance without Jesus. He stands there accusing you night and day. The Bible says that all of us fall short of the glory of God. Our righteousness is like filthy rags. Don't try presenting yourself to God saying, look what I've done. Because you can't. The enemy, if his plan is against you, he's got a winning case. But there is one, let me tell you, who is not accusing you day and night. He is interceding for you. His name is Jesus. He's at the right hand of the Father. It's time to start believing your greatest intercessor, not your greatest accuser. It's time to start listening and trusting and believing in the one who's intercessing for you day and night. Not the one who's accusing you. Some of us have been listening to the accuser. We've been saying, oh yeah, I am actually that kind of person. Maybe the plan for my life isn't that good. It's only when you listen to the interceder. It's only when you listen to the interceder, not the accuser, that you start to rise up and say, oh. Wow, even though I should be accused. There is one who has the nail prints in his hand. The one who has the crown of thorn marks on his head. The one who has the marks on his feet. The one who is bruised for my sin. He's praying for me. He's praying for me. Why? Praying that the plan of the Father will be fulfilled in your life. Don't listen to the accuser. Listen to the interceder. Because Romans 8 verse 1 says, Therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. There's no condemnation. If you start hearing condemnation in your life, that's the accuser. The Holy Spirit convicts you. Doesn't condemn you. Finally, as I come to a close, I'll try to be as quick as I can. Jesus was crucified so that you could be justified. He was crucified so you could be justified. He was not only bound and led away. He wasn't only accused, but he was crucified. The penalty for our sin laid upon him. Do you know what? In Acts chapter 3 verse 14, Peter, who's denied Christ three times. Now he gets up and preaches and I love it because talk about multiplication from his denial from three times of denial to 3,000 saved. Because he got it. He grasped it. And when he speaks to them in verse 14, he says this. You disown the holy and righteous one and asked that a murderer, and he's talking about Barabbas, be released to you. You killed the author of life. But God raised him from the dead. And we are witnesses of this. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I'm enjoying preaching today. But I wish I was there right now. I wish I was there in Acts chapter 3 verse 14 when Peter was preaching. 
And he said, we are witnesses of this. You asked for that guy, that murderer, the person who didn't deserve it. You asked for him to be released. And you killed the author of life. Listen to me. Not only is he the author of the plan of your life, he is the author of life. If you want to serve a God, serve the one who is the author of life. Not just the author of a good plan for you. The author of life. Let the murderer go free. Do you know one of the most powerful communion services I went to in this church many years ago when Peter Cavana led this church? Talk about health and safety. He pulled in a huge wooden cross. It must have been the height of this ceiling nearly. And he brought it in. And he put it at the front. Well, he didn't. We did. You know when they always say, is there any big men in the house? And I just run to the back. And we pulled this cross. We put it at the front. And we had the communion at the end. It was the most powerful communion service I ever remember. Why? Because when he called people forward, and we haven't done it today because these days you've got health and safety, haven't you? We had a cross at the front with a hammer and some nails. He said, you know, some of you today need to remember that you were the one who put the nails in his hands. It's your sin. It's your sin that put him there. So as you come today, before you take the cup, before you take the bread, come forward and if you feel that you are the one who deserves it, you should have been the one crucified. Then come, take a nail and knock it into the wood with a hammer. And all we heard in silence, no worship, no songs. It's just people coming out and hitting a nail into the wood. And I remember it so well because I remembered as I walked up and hit it, as I hit the nail, I remembered all the stuff I'd done. I remembered all the stuff I'd committed. My sin put him there so I could be free. I want to tell you today that Jesus forgives you. And he loves you. No matter what you've done, no matter what you've said, no matter what you're going to do, you cannot change his love for you. He always loves you. He loves you with an everlasting love. The Spirit of God is here today to remind some people because some people have lost sight of what he's done. Mark 15 goes on to say that they put a robe, a purple robe upon him. This is straight after he was bound, led away, handed over. Now Barabbas gets to go free. You imagine the eruption. Oh, we got him back. We've got the guy back. We know he's a murderer, but we'll just ignore that. And then now it triggers the events for Jesus to walk out. And they take him to the praetorium. And they put a purple robe upon him. And they put the crown of thorns upon his head. It says they got a stick and they beat him and spat in his face. This is before he was flogged. 
This is before he went to the cross. Right there and then, are you the king of the Jews? Joking with him, spitting at him. All the time. Keeping his mouth closed. There are people in your life who have hurt you and abused you. They've done things to you. But listen to me. We have all done these things. We put him there. But he kept his mouth closed. Why? So that you and me could sit here in 2019 on this day. He wore the crown for you. He took those sticks of beating. I don't know about you, but one spit in the face would make me want to turn on someone. One spit in my face would make me want to turn and hit someone. But he stood there all the time knowing, yeah, I'm the king. I'm the king. I'm the king. You'll know one day. You'll understand one day that I am the king. But it takes this to prove it to you. To show you. Do you know what? God's plan, I'm coming to a finish if the worship team want to come back. God's plan for your life is not your ministry. God's plan for your life is not your ministry. It's so that you can receive salvation and reconciliation to the Father. Jesus Christ did not wear a purple robe and be beaten with a stick and spat in the face so that people can have a good website and ministry. He did not do it for that reason. He did not do it so that people can get a fan page and followers on Twitter. He did not do all of this for fans of people in ministry. He did it to reconcile you and me because there's not one person in this room. He is no respecter of persons. He loves each and every one of you with a love that is so beyond your imagination and comprehension. It's not about your ministry. It's not about your crown. It's when you recognize that he took the crown of thorns. 1 Peter 5 verse 4 says this, When the chief shepherd, that's Jesus, when he appears, because he's coming back, you will receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. Let me tell you, the master's plan is not a good ministry. That all comes secondary. It's not about you. It's not about what you can achieve. It's about Him. It's all about Jesus. It's all about Him. Thank you for listening, and we trust that the Word of God has inspired you today. For further information about King's Church, or to access our large archive of other recordings, go to www.kingscambridge.org. If you're listening on iTunes, we would love you to leave us some feedback. God bless and goodbye.